Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. My name is Fabrizio Romano. I am a football journalist, and here we go. Transfer window is really, I say, a crazy word. It's like a jungle because everything can happen every minute, every day. It's like playing football, in my opinion, because when you get news about transfer market, I feel like scoring a goal, I always say, in an important match, in a Champions League match. And you always have to stay concentrated. You always have to stay in contact with the right people. I live with my phone. I, I always say, like my friends, every day, everything can happen. So I start with, with agents, I then have contracts also with sport directors, it can be also with the player. In this football today, more than five years ago or seven years ago, now agents are so important in transfer markets. Also the players can help you, but the players uh, many times are the last to know what will happen really. It's not easy to say what are my sources, but because it changes every time with every, with every transfer. During the transfer market, I sleep like five or six hours uh, from five until 10. Then I get up and I wake up and I start to be <laughs> with my phone all over the day. Uh, I start making calls with, as I told you, with agents, with directors. I work in Milano. Here we have the center of the transfer market here in Milano. I love the city and I love the adrenaline of the city because everything can happen here. And yes, I immediately started to go around Milano. Not in the summer because we you know, have the virus, so the situation is complicated also. Here in Italy and also in other countries, they meet in the restaurants, they meet in the hotels. So we try to find them. It's like Pokemon. I say because you have to find them. Sometimes uh, you can stay like one day, like spending nine hours, ten hours, and you don't find anything. And then in two minutes, you can get Minoraiola with Paul Pogba. Finding Minoraiola is like wow because he's the king. It's totally changed, in my opinion. It's totally changed about the timing. More than money, because uh, the timing of the money and the move on the money between the top clubs is totally different. Uh, I give you an example about Manchester United too. I am sure, totally sure, that without the virus, 
now we were speaking about Paul Pogba to Juventus this summer because they were ready to make an important bid, 100 million euro. Then they had the virus, they lost money. Uh, something changed in Manchester United. They were back to win games, they were back to the Champions League, and now the deal is totally off. The virus needs to tell you okay, you have to wait, you have to find the right money, you have to find also players to sell, uh, you have a balance to sign players now. It's not like before. I remember 10 years ago, nine years ago, it was like one week to complete an agreement. You were going to see the rumor about the top club and seven days later, you had the player with, with the new club. Now you need like one month or two months also because the intermediary have an important part and they have to be paid with important, important commissions. So I remember to make you an example, last summer with Delict, with, uh, with Juventus, they had the agreement closed with the club, with IX, and they need one month to find an agreement with Rayola. He had the percent on the players, on the sale of the players. For example, he has it on Holland and he has it also on the league. He has a percent for himself. It's a drama, but it's about dreams. And when you have dreams as the focus, and dreams are not for top clubs or for middle table clubs or for second division clubs. Dreams are for every fan in football. So also if you have a news about the small team, <clears throat> it can be a dream for a fan and for many fans. Always we will have the drama, we will have people connected on the social media to find news on the websites, on the papers, on the TV. Always the transfer market will be the center of the show. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you for joining us in what is our fifth show of the week. We are absolutely knackered as a team, knackered as an organisation and marriages are being put to the limit here on The Last Word on Spurs, quite literally. But thankfully I can say all is well in all households. We'll give you some breaking news if it comes and I'm sure Fabrizio, you'll hear from him first on that as well. Um, delighted to have alongside me my co-host for the show. I've got Jeremy Browner at the Daily Hotspur, of course, runs a... Uh, Daily underscore Hotspur, got his uh, YouTube channel as well. Jamie, lovely to have you here. How are you? Yeah, very good. Of course, absolutely still buzzing after after having you know Conte arriving at the club. So, yeah, really looking forward to talking to Fabrizio about it. Yeah, and like I say, uh, pleased to have back on our channel. Um, he's becoming a regular, like I say, over the course of the last six months to a year. We've got the great Fabrizio Romano back on the last one on Spurs. Fabrizio, lovely to have you here. Thank you for fitting us in at very, very short notice. How are you? Always muted, muted. We're going to unmute you for Fabrizio. Give us one second. Okay. Now should be okay? We can hear you, Fab. We can hear you. Okay. Okay. Great. So thank you, guys. Really super pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me and looking forward to talk about one of my favorite managers in the world, if not the favorite. So I'm super happy to, always super happy to talk about Antonio Conte. Um, like I say, we're very excited. So I'm going to hand you over to Jamie to start the show. Yeah, so obviously um, on Monday we, we had a really hectic day, of course, started off with Nuno Espirito Santo being sacked, I think, after just 17 matches in charge, um, and of course Conte coming in, but yeah, we just wanted to kind of get your understanding on, on kind of how it went with, with Nuno, of course, as Spurs fans, it really felt as though that Man United game did need to be the final game for him, um, but were you surprised that, that Nuno was sacked so early on? Was, has that come a bit of a bit of a surprise to you? To be honest, no. To be honest, no. Uh, I had some feelings also about the situation of Nuno also weeks ago, but since it started, when you do a two years contract, uh, when you do a lot of interviews and you remember so well how many managers have been close to become the new Tottenham manager before Nuno, so they wanted 
Antonio, and then they wanted Pochettino. They were trying for many others, Fonseca, Gattuso, and then at the end it was Nuno, but was not the choice of Fabio, of Fabio Paratici. Um, it was not easy on a personal level for Paratici himself because, you know, Paratici was working for Juventus for nine years and Juventus are never firing the manager during the season. It's something that is not part of Juventus' history, so it's like never happening. And so doing this with, with Tottenham was taking some time also because he wanted to be respectful with the person, Nuno, uh, and the same for the world board. It's not just Paratici, of course, it's the same for Daniel Levy, nothing against the person. But the the feeling they had with Nuno, uh, with the players, is that they had to change. So it was not what they expected, also on a personal point of view, I mean in the relationship between the players and Nuno. Nothing, no fight. It was no fight, but at the same time, there was no special feelings, you know. Sometimes it's about the feelings you have also after two or three weeks working together. Football is like this. They were needing a shock, and this is why they decided to, to change immediately. And I think, I mean, Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici did something incredible because I was not expecting this. We are going to come on to that very, very shortly, Fab. Um, you touched upon there that from your end there, there was, there was no fight. There was no disagreement within the, tra- within the yes. training ground and in the vicinity of Hotspur Way. Um, but we were intrigued to kind of really find out from you that it felt from the outside that the players were never really won over by Nuno's methods, by his coaching philosophy. Um, and in particular, the way Spurs went that summer, you know, 72 days, 72 days looking for a manager. I think it was widely known to us as fans and to everybody in the game that, you know, Nuno was the 7th, 8th, the ninth, 10th choice. Yes. So how early on into his reign would you say that Nuno, that term lost the dressing room? How early would you say the players just weren't really able to... You know, be able also, to also, his- also when Tottenham started very well, because in August, you remember, it was a very good start. Also in this moment, it was a good start on the pitch, but in the dressing room, at the training ground, the atmosphere was not the atmosphere to say, you know, the feeling between the players and the manager is great. It was so normal. It was so normal. As I said, there was no fight between players and manager, no big problem. So it was so professional. We can't say anything uh, against Nuno on this point of view. So super professional also with the players. But the feeling I told is, is something that you can't buy. You can't buy and maybe sometimes you can build, but it's not so easy. And in the Premier League, you know better than me, it's super complicated to be at top level if you don't have this kind of feelings with the player. So in September, everything collapsed because at the end of September, because with the, with the results not coming as, as, as happened in August, uh, in, in September, the situation was different. And so this is why game by game in October, Tottenham knew with the board that what they were needed to, to change. But they were sad, I can say, because it's not about Nuno manager or Nuno person. It's just that the mix with Tottenham for many factors were not working. And so it was not easy to tell him, okay, the project is over after three months, but it's the only thing they, they can do in this moment. Hmm. Yeah, so I think towards the end, it became pretty, the last few games, certainly, obviously, no shots on target in the second half against West Ham, no shots on target at home against Manchester United. I think it became pretty clear that it was coming towards the end of Nuno's time. So It'd be interesting to kind of get your understanding of when Spurs decided that they might have to start looking for other managers and, of course, Antonio Conte. So, kind of when, when did Spurs first make initial contact with, with Antonio? It was during the week, uh, the, the last week, the week between, at the end, before the game between Manchester United and, and, and Tottenham. But the whole week was already thinking about the situation. Let's see what is going to happen on, on Saturday and then we will decide. 
they were not expecting a 3-0 with the Man United in this kind of situation with all their clothes to be fired. So this is why the situation completely collapsed uh, on, on Saturday. But already during the week, they were thinking about the situation, see what is going to happen with Man United. So this game was really key. But if it was a draw, maybe Nuno had the opportunity with Vitesse and next game in Premier League to show that he was still in control of the situation. But with a 3-0, immediately after the game, Fabio Paratici started to to get in touch with, with Antonio Conte and trying to change his mind. It was a long process for hours and hours and hours. It was absolutely not easy, but he knows what he does. So Now, uh, Fab, you mentioned about United game. And um, like I say, I think both me and Jamie were there and it was just the, the atmosphere, the performance itself was just off completely. I think players just didn't look themselves at fans. There was such disgruntlement. Obviously, one point we saw, uh, obviously, the booing that led to a substitution of uh, Lucas Moura. Interestingly, from what we understand from a good friend of the show, Alistair Gold, that it actually ended up with uh, Paratigi storming off, leaving his seat on the 64th minute after Edison Cavani put United up by two goals to nil. Um, and then, like we said, you know, the Conte train started. Um, the question we all want to know, really, and like you just touched upon there, how did Fabio Paratigi convince Antonio Conte to come to take on the Tottenham team that are currently in Europa Conference League. I think we all as Spurs fans acknowledge that the squad isn't where it should be. There needs to be real significant investment. How did Fabio Paratici do that? You know, Fabio Paratici, I don't say because he's Italian, but uh, it's his history. And you can check also on Wikipedia or Transfer Market or whatever. Fabio Paratici is a winner. Fabio Paratici won with Juventus always. Every single season won something. It was nine times in a row winning the Serie A and then winning domestic cups, two Champions League finals. He's a winner. He's a winner. And when he's not winning and when things are not working, he's suffering. And so I'm not, I'm not surprised to see, because it was the same with Juventus. Sometimes things were not working as part of football and he was really suffering this kind of situation as happened in the, in the game with, with Man United. So I'm not surprised to see Fabio disparate on the, on the stance because it's part of, of his, his mentality. But this mentality was exactly what was allowing Tottenham to open negotiation with Antonio and to, and to change Antonio's mind. So this mentality like saying, okay, we need a shock. We need to change the situation. And the only man who could change the situation right now in football, maybe also more than other top managers, because there are many top managers around, like Zidane. Okay, maybe Zidane was not even considering this kind of opportunity. But you have many managers around. But the only one for this kind of situation, with Paratici as director, because they were together at Juventus, uh, knowing how it works in difficult situation after what he did with Inter, what he did with Chelsea, and also with Juventus. Because the Juventus era in Serie A started with Antonio Conte and Fabio Paratici and Marotta also in the club, but he was the man. So the only one who can change the situation and show that he can win also win this kind of situation with Tottenham is you. This is what Paratici told, told Antonio Conte. Uh, and then Antonio, Antonio loves this kind of, of opportunity. So the feeling was different from last summer because as Conte said last summer, he was really shocked by what happened with Inter. It was his decision, but he was not expecting to leave the club. He did it because of financial problems in, for Inter, and we saw that they sold Lukaku and Akimi. so for Conte was something that he was not prepared to accept. But then when he had this opportunity with, with Tottenham, was not the right moment. Uh, also the feeling around other Premier League clubs maybe on a different level in this moment. Now, I think the other key mentality, the first one, and the second one was about the power that Conte will have in the season into the club. It means not about, not about money only, because money are important for Conte for any other manager in the world. But it's about 
deciding what kind of players we need. This is the point. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I think with Fabio Pratici, I've been really, really impressed with the mentality. I think when he, he saw his press conference on uh, before the game on Thursday, it was just really, really brilliant to see. So he looks like a great addition for Spurs. But just kind of bringing it back to the Manchester United game, and a lot of people kind of as a joke were labelling it as El Sacco, of course, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, also with his job slightly at risk and now Nuno having gone. Um, I know that Manchester United were also maybe looking at uh, Antonio Conte. Was that ever really a serious possibility of Conte going to Manchester United? Well, it was a possibility on Conte's side because Antonio was interested in this job. He wanted to be back in the Premier League and he was attracted by Man United because of the tradition, because he was feeling, from what I know, that Man United are ready to win immediately with this team. So they have opportunities to win something right now. And this is why he was attracted. Uh, but was not an official talk between Manchester United and Tottenham. So from Italy, someone said uh, negotiation ongoing, he's the first choice. was not like this. was Conte's idea to, to talk with Man United, maybe, if they were prepared to call him after Ole. But then they said to confirm Ole, and so they were not even starting contests with, with Antonio. So the situation was so clear between Conte and Man United. It's true that two weeks ago in Manchester, in, uh, sorry, in Antonio Conte's mind, the only idea was okay, Manchester United are perfect, but there are no many jobs around that I'm prepared to go and jump immediately. Tottenham changed his mind. Paratici changed his mind. And it's really difficult to change Conte's mind. I think this is the best news for Tottenham fans. That if Antonio said yes, it's because behind the scenes there is something really serious. Because Conte, if he doesn't have the feeling that he can do something important with the club, with the board, with the players, with the fans, with the world club, Conte is never accepting. No way. So... Uh, trust me, this is the best news for, for Spurs fans. Yeah, and I think uh, I can tell you, Fab, over the pit we've had on this week on our show and the, the hysteria with the support last night, um, I think we know this is something very, very special. And uh, we are getting excited again, which is dangerous as Spurs fans <laughs> to be getting excited because we've been let down so many times. Um, one thing that is obviously key that we saw that at Juventus from 2011 to 2014 with excellent results, they won the league every season, had a shared approach to football and recruitment, both Paratigi and Conte. So um, what I'd be keen to understand from you really is when you look at the decision making and the power be at Spurs in terms of the hierarchy and the board, when you compare it to Nuno, Mourinho, um, Pochettino, previous Spurs managers, what's going to be different for Antonio Conte? Will he have more of a control there? Will there be maybe a release of shackles in terms of funds that will enable him to go and significantly improve this Spurs squad to ultimately where we all want Spurs to be, compete for the top prize in the game, the Champions League, the Premier League trophies. I can tell you what I expect and context expects from this, from this Tottenham chapter. Then let's see if everything will see as expected. And so uh, if Daniel Levy and the board will support him as he expects. I think yes, as I said, because if Antonio said yes, it's because this is what he's expecting. But the plan, I want to give you an example of something that happened with Conte and this is something that I expect to happen with, with Tottenham. Uh, it was like, if I'm not wrong, two years ago when Antonio in January transfer market was asking for a striker. It was Olivier Giroud. He wanted to sign Giroud. And I'm speaking about a player that is not for 50 million, 60 million or 80 million. Olivier Giroud. It was 1 million euro, 2 million euro to pay to Chelsea and salary to the player. So it was an easy deal. Antonio wanted the striker to have a backup option for Romero Lukaku. He was pushing for the whole month with Interboard, Olivier Giroud, Olivier Giroud, Olivier Giroud. Also because when Conte wants a player, he's not plan A, plan B, plan C. 
you have to sign this player. This is Conte mentality. And so he was pushing for Giroud, but then at the end of the transfer market, when it was seeming really one step away from being complete, was everything agreed? Someone in the interboard said, he's too old, he's not the perfect signing for us. And Conte was getting mad for this kind of situation. This is something that he doesn't want to see again. And I'm not talking about a player who is worth 70 or 80 million. So I'm sure Antonio will give some names. He will need some names to rebuild Tottenham between January and summer because we know in January it's not so easy to sign top players. So January and summer will be the key moment also to, to rebuild Tottenham. But with his ideas, not just about money. Many times I see around Conte wants a lot of money, Conte is wasting money, Conte is... It's, it's true because every top managers are asking for money to build a club, to build a team. But Conte is also about ideas. He wants his ideas to be supported. Uh, as sometimes happens with Inter, and look what happened with players. Nicolo Barella, he wanted him from Cagliari, and now he's one of the best midfielders in the world. Uh, he wanted Lukaku, and they sold him for 115 million euros. So Conte was perfect, perfect with Inter in the strategy. Has always been part of his life to, to work like this. And so I expect with Tottenham to go in this direction, but with the board supporting him in every single decision. We need to sell this player. We need to sign this player. Let's do the strategy together. It's not the board and Conte. It's the board with Conte. And it's completely different in his mentality. This is what he wants. Yeah, and I really appreciate like I say, you giving us that analogy there. Uh, Fab, conscious of time, uh, we're going to start, like I say, on um, what I know many people tuned in for. Um, of course, we're not even at January yet, but I know we'll probably be getting you back on in January. But already, um, we don't get carried away too much on this show, Fab. We love transfers, right? You love transfers. So uh, let's, let's delve in. Before we do, just want to ask you two um, players in terms of contracts. Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris. With Kane, we understand he now feels that the club are ready now to once again fight for the big prizes with Antonio Conte coming through the door. Hugo Lloris has been no talk of a mention of a new contract. Very quickly on those two, Kane, Lloris, any chance of new deals at the moment? Well, for Lloris, it's something that's always been discussed, but they never uh, completed an agreement with, with him. At the end, they were trying and trying also more than one year ago, but then at the end, they, they are now waiting to see what is the strategy. Also because Conte wants a goalkeeper who is good to play with his pace, to be the first playmaker of the team. Andanovic with Inter was a normal goalkeeper and with Conte is now playing, thanks to Conte, he's now playing very well also as playmaker. So I think Antonio will test Yoris on this point. It's not about the goalkeeper. It's about this kind of skill to be also a playmaker for the team, to see if he wants to improve on this point and then he will make a final decision on the goalkeeper. But at the moment, it's, it's not the priority to sign a new goalkeeper right now. Also because there is Collini and Conte knows him very well from Serie A. He did great with Atalanta. So maybe it could be also an opportunity for Pierluigi Gollini to show that for the future he could be one of the best opportunities for, for Tottenham. Uh, for Harry Kane, since September, they've always been interested in making good relationship with Harry, with Harry's camp, with Harry's brother, to start to rebuild the relationship after a difficult summer with Harry Kane. So I'm sure that in this sense, to talk about a new contract is something that they are not going to do right now. It's going to take time, as you know better than me. But I'm sure that with Antonio Conte, it's going to be easier for Tottenham to show Harry Kane what is the project, how serious is the project, and how the winning mentality is coming at the club. Mm. So just to ask about three striker targets, uh, Lautaro Martinez, of course, a guy who has just signed a new contract with Inter Milan. Uh, we know there was interest in the summer, so it'd be interesting to get your take on him. Uh, Dusan Blahovic, I think he's been linked with a move to Arsenal. I think that was reportedly quite close, but... Um, it'll be interesting to get your take on that. And just another one, Andrea Belotti as well. I know he's a free agent and, and there's been talk of potential move for Spurs. So it'll be interesting to get your take on, on those three. Yes, I think our 
first of all, are different kind of opportunities because Belotti is not a striker for Tottenham, meaning uh, the first place, you know, so it's not in the, to be maybe the backup of Kane, okay, but he's not prepared to be the starter of Tottenham. So this is why it could be an opportunity, but at the moment it's not something really close to happen also because the Belotti will decide his future in June. As he said, he doesn't want to decide during the season, so I don't see Belotti to be immediately uh, in, in Tottenham rather, but maybe next summer we will see. Uh, talking about um, the other two players, Lautaro Martinez is going to be super complicated because now Inter moved the list close, he had a new deal, so it's going to be very, very difficult, I think, to sign him from, from, from Inter. Also because from what I know, the player for the future would prefer something linked to Spain more than to Premier League, so it's not going to be super easy for, for Lautaro Martinez to Tottenham. They were trying. They were trying last summer, but it was really, really complicated. In these three names, I go with Vlaovic with my feelings with a player that is really in Tottenham radar because Fabio Paratici knows him very well because this boy is special. Vlaovic is special. Vlaovic could be a starter for Tottenham tomorrow morning. So he's incredible. He's scoring a lot of goals in different ways. He's a fantastic player. A player out of contract in 2023, but he doesn't want to extend. So it's an opportunity on the market. Uh, many clubs are interested in Vlaovic. So it will be a big fight, a big race. But Fabio Paratici knows how these kind of opportunities are big on the market. He's a specialist in this kind of stories. And I'm sure Antonio Conte would love this kind of striker because we're talking about a boy who is born in... He's, he's 21. Yes, he's 21 and he's doing incredible. So I'm sure that in this list, Vlaovic could be at the first position also because Lautaro is difficult and Belotti is something to see next summer, not now. Just to ask about three central midfield targets. Uh, I know Frank Kessier is one that's been linked quite strongly. I think um, there was talk of maybe a, a, an agreement being close with Spurs to him signing next summer. Um, I think Verena is another another one that's been linked. Um, and then, of course, Weston McKenney. would be interesting to get your, your take on, on those three uh, targets. Yes, talking about... Um, it's Barella, you asked me, correct? Yes, that's right, that's right. No, yeah. Barella will stay at Inter. I think today he will sign a new contract till 2026, so he will be the next captain. So Barella will 100% stay. And if I know Antonio Conte is not going to create problems to Inter. It's not in his style, signing players from his former club. So I don't see, I don't see it happening with, with Barella in particular. Um, then for Weston McKennie, Tottenham were interested last summer, but only for a loan deal. They were not prepared to pay 30, 35 million euros. So let's see if maybe Juventus will be open to loan out McKenney in, in January or next summer. Could be an opportunity. As of now, there is nothing going on as of now. But he wasn't naming the list, and Paratici is always jumping back on his former names in the list. So let's see what is going to happen. But as of now, he's not advanced, and it was only a loan. Cassi is a fantastic opportunity, as we mentioned for Vlaovic. But Cassi is out of country in 2022. Really good player, perfect for Premier League. Fabio Paratici knows about it. He wanted him when he was at Atalanta before moving to, to AC Milan. It's not true that the agreement is close with, with Tottenham because there are many clubs, as for Vlaovic, also for Kessie, asking about the player and working around this, this story. But at the moment, it's still possible for him to extend the contract with Milan because Milan offered him a new deal for 6.5 million euro net per season as salary. So it's an important salary. Let's see if he will change his mind. It's still open the Kessie situation, but it's true that Paratici, Paratici is the king of free agents sometimes. I still remember when they signed Pogba from Manchester United as free agent, selling the player for 100 million euro to the same club. I think it's something that is more than a masterpiece in football. And maybe they're going to lose him for free now. So imagine how crazy it will be this transfer. So Free agents will be an important opportunity with Paratici's director, I'm sure. 
Just to quickly uh, do some, run off some names of some central defenders, obviously three at the back um, under Conte, so we'll be looking to sign some. Um, Stefan De Vrij of uh, Inter Milan, I know that's a name that Spurs have been strongly linked with. Uh, Romagnoli at uh, AC Milan and, and uh, Matthias De Litt of Juventus, obviously a very unlikely one, but again, your take on those three. I think are really difficult names. Romagnoli is an opportunity because he's out of contract, but I'm not sure he's a priority for Tottenham right now. Uh, De Vrij is more than complicated because he's a key player for Inter and they don't want to lose these kind of players. The league has a release clause for 120 million euro next summer, so it's going to be very complicated, I think, to, to sign him or to negotiate with Juventus because they paid 80 million to Ajax to send the league. So I think it's not going to be super easy and it's going to take some time to decide who is the right fit for the, for the centre-back. Okay, Fab, just very quickly, I know that's so we're running out of time here, but just to finish up, I don't want to ask you a couple of departures, but before I do, um, the comments are going crazy for Brozovic. Uh, that's one name that's coming up. And also Federica Chiesa. Anything on those two before I ask you a final question? Chiesa is impossible. Chiesa will stay at Juventus. I'm 100% sure of this. Brozovic is out of contract in 2022 and Inter are working and still pushing to extend this contract. So Inter are still focusing on it. If Brozovic will say, no, I want to go as free agent, as I said, for Kessie, the same for Brozovic. I don't see Palatici signing both players for Tottenham, but this kind of opportunity is something that he knows so well. So I'm sure that he's a player in Tottenham rather, but at the moment they know that for Brozovic, the priority is talking with Inter. So I think we'll need to wait some months before deciding for these players. Okay, final question, Fab. Um, we've seen rumours that Spurs are looking to offload some of their players in order to say, reinvest in the squad for money for Antonio Conte. Names being mentioned are Giovanni Lo Stephen Bergvine, Lucas Mora, Deli Ali, Harry Winks, and also Tungi Yondombele. Any truth in any of those names at the moment that you can see leaving Spurs in the upcoming January window? No, Conte wanted Dombele at Inter, so maybe now in, with Antonio's situation will change. But in general, I was asking about this topic a few days ago and the answer I received from my sources was let Antonio work now. Because you know that Conte is specialist also in change the mind of some players that maybe were not playing or were not the best ones. So Conte is doing this. Many times he's doing this. And so he wants to see his team. He wants to see how they work, how is the training ground, uh, the feeling with these players. So I think it will take two or three or four weeks before saying, OK, this player will be out in January and this player is part of my project. Tottenham have a lot of players for different positions, so they need to make some clarity on this kind of situation because they can't continue like this and Conte likes to work for a single system, 3-5-2, and this is it. So this is what they, what they will do. But at the same moment, he will need some time to say, this player is for me, this player is not for me. So I think maybe close to December will be the right moment to answer your question with details. No problem at all. We'll be back with then. Jamie, thank you as always. Lovely having you on the channel. Um, Jamie, we'll be back with us very, very soon on what's been a crazy, crazy week. Uh, Fab, they are going crazy in the comments. I have to ask you, how many times <laughs> do you think you will say, here we go in the January window for Spurs in terms of incomings and not outgoings? I think we'll be maybe two or three. Could be also three. Okay. Fab, we'll hold you to that. We're going to see you in January. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for fitting us in. Um, the wonderful Fabrizio Romano, Jamie Brown from the Daily Hotspur. Guys, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.